0: Well, I hope you're ready to turn in Scripture quite a bit tonight. We're going to actually have you turn to several places. We're going to begin in Romans chapter number 12 because the basis for what we're looking at is found in Romans 12 in verses number 11 through 15 tonight. I don't know that we'll get that far. Uh, in fact, I don't know how far we're going to get. It kind of depends. It's kind of hard to time one of these uh, particular type of messages because there's so much uh, that is in here, and uh, what I do is I just put up a put up a marker, and when we when we get back in town, we'll uh, we'll we'll take and take it up from where we get left off. But we're we're looking at tonight night that we are to be diligent in our dealings, a believer's relationship with others, and this is part two. We are to be diligent in our dealings. We saw last week we are to be sincere in our love. We're to be holy in our attitude and walk before the Lord and others. we will be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. And we're to be humble in our desires. But let's pick up in verse number 11. Let's go ahead and read uh, verse number 11 through 15, shall we? Verse number 11 through 15. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. And I know we're not going to get that far, uh, if, if but that's the that's the, the, the full section there that I'd hoped to deal with to begin with. But looking back over it again this evening, um, I'll be surprised if we get past uh, verse number 11 or 12. <laughs> I'm hoping I can get into verse number 12. But we see uh, tonight we're to be diligent in our dealings. First of all, we're not to be slothful in business. And that word slothful talking about being inactive. We might call it being lazy sluggish, um, indolent, which means habitually idle or indisposed to labor. And and it likes to indulge in ease. That's not the the path that a Christian is supposed to be. Uh, And when it talks about business here, uh, I think of business as busyness. Amen. Busy for the Lord, uh, duty or employment that duty enjoins. And in the context here, he's talking about the exercise of our spiritual gifts to edify the body of Christ, in other words, we're not to be slothful about that. We're to be actively engaged in edifying one another as believers. Uh, In our dealings with others, uh, on God's behalf, we're not to be slow or lazy. Now, this transcends all of life, really, no matter the business that we are involved in. Laziness is not good, is it? I mean, you can get fired for being lazy on your job, and rightfully so. we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at quite a few verses here. Uh, j- just stick something in here to, 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 to Romans. Um, but We're going to be in different places here tonight. Uh, turn to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to, we're going to go through uh, quite a few Proverbs here and look at what Solomon had to say about this matter of, uh, of being sluggish, uh, being a sluggard, or being lazy. And uh, I can tell you, he didn't have a whole lot good to say. No, had a lot to say about it, but none of it good. actually. Proverbs 6, look at Proverbs uh, chapter number 6, and let's look at verse number 6. Proverbs 6, verse 6, he says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, uh, consider her ways, and be wise, which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in summer, gathereth her food in the harvest, how long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. Uh, my wife can testify that uh, ants are relentless, and and they are doing what they do, and. Uh, uh, you can have something destroy their hill today and they're going to have a new hill tomorrow uh, somewhere nearby. It, uh, it just seems that the, that's the way that they are. They, there's nothing lazy about an ant. Uh, look at chapter number 10. Look at chapter number 10 and verse number 26. Chapter 10 and verse 26. We're talking about a sluggard. It's uh, talking about somebody that's not uh what they ought to be. There's they're they're slothful in business. And it says there in Proverbs ten verse twenty six, as vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is a sluggard to them that sin him. In other words, uh you know, they're painful. <laughs> Amen. Just downright. Uh have you ever had to work with somebody that was lazy? It's not it's not good, is it? Um, I tell you, I worked for an accounting firm when we were up in um, Nashville, Tennessee area. I worked in Nashville at a a CPA firm downtown Nashville uh, while I was preaching in the prisons. And I had a fellow there that he had an MBA, and he thought he was somebody. He was a CPA, and I could work circles around him. He'd have his feet plopped up on the desk reading a newspaper, not getting any work done. And I was the one getting the work put out. Uh, I didn't have any stuff for him at all, I can assure you. Uh, because it, that's, just not, that's just not my way. Uh, I like to be busy about what I'm doing. Uh, I have been known to take people's jobs from them for, for being busy uh, like you're supposed to be. I had a cousin one time that uh, he had a, a job at Belk Hudson in Brunswick, Georgia. And I was just a teenager at the time. And uh, his job was cleaning the floors. And was, and he, was a, he was a custodian. And uh, in order for him to take a vacation, they, they wanted him to find somebody to replace him for the two weeks he was going to be gone. Well, by the time two weeks was over, uh, they were going to take his job and give it to me. <laughs> I said, you can't do that. He's family. You know, it was my, my first cousin. And uh, so they wound up giving me another position um, uh, in the stock room. But I I always wanted to uh, uh, be my best at what I was doing, no matter what the job. I believed in in giving an honest day's uh, work for honest day's wage. And my wife could testify that, you know, I'm over here normally uh, every day before 8 o'clock. I, I, I work in my office. I'm over here studying, getting things ready. Uh, I'm not over at the house, dilly-dallying around. Uh, it, Thursday morning, was it Thursday or Friday? I forget which it was. I think it was Thursday. Thursday, uh, we, we slept slept a little bit late. I said, I'm going to be late to work. Boss ain't going to like this. <laughs> uh, joking about it. But because normally she knows that I, I am over here like clockwork. Uh, because uh, uh, you know, I put I put a good uh, a good amount of work in what I do and and I give the Lord the praise I'm not complaining about that i I love what I do and uh, I love to give my best for the master um, there in uh, look at the uh, Proverbs chapter number thirteen verse number four <clears throat> it says there Proverbs 13, verse number 4, it says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fast. You know, if, you, you, uh, if you're not diligent in what you do, um, it's going to come back to bite you, isn't it? It just really is. And I think that's the purpose of what, he, what he's saying there. Look at the Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 9. Proverbs 18, verse number 9. It says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. <laughs> yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? You know. Uh, and may God help us to be diligent in what we do. Um, one, last, one last proverb here. Look at uh, uh, chapter number 24. Chapter number 24. And we want to read verses 30 through 34 here. Proverbs 24, verse number 30. It says here, I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles, uh, had covered the face thereof, and the, the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well, I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. And uh, I think that's one reason why Solomon says later on in the book of Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10, he says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. That's the way we ought to be. Uh, whether you're doing it for uh, men or whether you're doing it for the Lord, you ought to be doing it as if you're doing it for the Lord. We're to be diligent in whatever work our hands find to do, whether secular or spiritual, but especially what we do for God. Um, We are to be also uh, uh, fervent in the Spirit. That was the second thing. We're not to be slothful in business, but we're to be fervent in Spirit. Uh, according to verse number 11 of our text. Fervent means to be hot, to be very hot, to be passionate or zealous, to, to, to be much engaged. In other words, we're to be busily engaged in our work for the Lord uh, uh, as it relates to uh, others. Amen? Um, Matthew 24 and verse number 12 said that there's going to come a time that because iniquity shall abound, that the love of many shall wax cold. That ought not to be. You know, Uh, iniquity abounding, uh, we ought to realize that the Lord still wants us to be diligent. Amen. And we know iniquity abounds in the day and time which we live, don't we? But let's not let our hearts get to where uh, we're not uh, uh, loving like we ought to. We're not uh, giving of ourselves to others, looking out for their highest good. That's what love is. Uh, the love of many shall wax cold. And so, l- let's make sure that we're fervent in spirit. Look at Acts chapter number 18. Acts chapter number 18. <clears throat> and verse number 24. Acts 18. And we see, when I see some folks here that were diligent. Uh, they were fervent in their spirit. They were diligent in this area, being fervent in, the, in spirit. Um, Acts 18 verse 24 says, "And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. Notice this, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently, The things of the Lord. Isn't that a great statement to have in your resume? I mean, this is is God's word saying this about Apollos. That he, he, he was fervent in the spirit and he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. Knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, uh, the, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he, notice this, for he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Now, uh, he was teachable, wasn't he? We, we need to make sure that we're teachable. Uh, he, he, uh, uh, he was diligent in the things that he knew, but he knew he didn't know at all. And when, uh, when Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and, 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 and kind of cleared up some things that, there, uh, he didn't get mad and upset about that. He, he took and learned from that, and what did he do? He helps some other folks with what he learned. And that's being fervent in the Spirit. That's being uh, what we ought to be. Amen. Look at Colossians chapter number 4. Book of Colossians. Chapter number 4. i get to these a little quicker than you do. Of course, I have my, my Bible marked this way just to keep me from having to flip through pages and fumble through them, because sometimes my, some of my pages won't stick together. Uh, it comes from having a having a, uh, a cough drop in your mouth, and a little bit of it gets on the page, and the pages stick together. Uh, it happens a lot up here. But anyway, uh, Colossians chapter number 4, look at verse number 12 and 13 here. Verse number 12 and 13. Now, Epaphras, who is one of you, A servant of Christ saluteth you. Look at this. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Epaphras was busy about praying for uh, his fellow believers there in the church at Colossae. That's what he's talking about here. He says... Always laboring fervently for you in prayers that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He's praying that God's will would be accomplished in and through their lives. Look at verse thirteen. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are at Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. Hier- p- p- Ever how you say that? Amen. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, what, a, what a wonderful thing here. He, had, he was laboring fervently. He was fervent in his spirit, but he was also uh, there, had great zeal. And what a, what a passionate man he must have been. Um, so we're, to, we're not to be slothful in business. We are to be fervent in spirit. Third thing is we are to be serving the Lord. We're to be serving the Lord. That's also in verse 11 of our text. Now the word serving is really to, to be a slave to. I mean, when you look up the background behind that, is to be a slave to. Uh, you know, and a slave serves the master, doesn't he? So what is? And you know, we have a master. Jesus is our master, and we're to serve him. We're not to do it uh, 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 feeling sorry for ourselves, but we're to do it, wanting to do a good job for our master. Amen. Um, you're there in Colossians, look back at Colossians chapter number 3, in uh, verse number 22, Colossians 3 verse number 22, and he's talking here about uh, um, actual servants, actual slaves, uh, which they had back during this time. Uh, these things actually really, would you, they would still even apply to us in our employment situation. Uh, the, the same kind of attitude that we're to have in, as being an employee because we're, we're actually being a servant to whoever has hired us to, to, uh, to do the job that we're hired to do. Look at, look at verse 22. Servants, he says, Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service. In other words, not just when they're looking as men-pleasers, you ever known anybody like that? You know, they they always looked real good, real good and busy when they saw saw the boss man coming. Uh, yeah, uh, been trying to be a men pleaser. He says, "But in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men." In other words, when you're when you're working for your employer, you're to do it as if you're you're working for the Lord. Because you're going to answer to God uh, about how, you, how you're carrying yourself about at your job. Look at verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. When you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, it didn't matter where you were at on the scale of, of, uh, uh, in your life. In fact, we're going to see that here in just a minute. Flip, flip back a little bit to Ephesians chapter number 6. Wherever you got saved, uh, you, uh, no matter what your status was at that point, you became a servant of Christ. That's what you were—a servant of Christ. And whatever you do, you, you, uh, Christ's name is at stake there. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter number six, and look at verse number five. Ephesians 6, verse 5, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Again, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Realizing that God wants you to, do, to, to exude Him in your work. Glorify Him in what you do. Look at verse seven. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whosoever whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So, you know, we're going to stand before the Lord and uh, give an account of ourselves and our, our conduct of business, whether we are if you're a if you're a, an employer. You're going to give give an account on what kind of employer that you were, how you treated your employees. If you're an employee, you're going to give an account of how good a job that you did uh, 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 of service for the Lord. You realize that you served the Lord in what you were doing. Uh, It will come through in your work. Your work would be uh, really uh, better than it would be apart from having that kind of attitude. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 7. And verse number twenty-two, one Corinthians seven, and verse number. Well, let's let's read verse twenty through twenty-two. Okay, shall we? Just to get the context here. Um, one Corinthians seven, verse number twenty, and Paul says here, "Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called." In other words, just because you were you got saved, you got called to Christ, you got saved. And uh, you were uh, you were a slave," <laughs> he says. "Look at verse twenty-one. Art thou art thou called being a servant?" He said, "Care not for it. You know. That, you know that's. Uh, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. You know. Uh, if you." Uh, uh, you know, nobody really wants to be a servant of man but you, you care not for it but if thou mayest be free use it rather look at verse 22 what, look what he says here for he that is called in the Lord being a servant notice is the Lord's free man likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant so either way you're the servant of the Lord amen you're a servant of the Lord, and we need to re- need to recognize that, and and serve as unto the Lord. Um, one last place for this point. Let's take a look at Hebrews, book uh, Hebrews, chapter number twelve, and verse number twenty-eight. Yeah, Hebrews twelve and verse twenty-eight. Hebrews 12, 28 says this, Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, notice, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We serve God acceptably. And so we're to be serving the Lord. And are we, is the Lord, uh, is the way we're serving, is that acceptable to the Lord? Would He be pleased with how We are conducting ourselves in our service for Him. Um, Let's go on to verse 12 of our text. We are to be rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Uh, The word rejoicing is an act of expressing joy and gladness. We think about the experience of joy. We like being joyous, don't we? We like it better than being sad. I and mean, we would much rather be joyous. Uh, we, we're to be rejoicing in hope. You know, we, and I know we're living in times when uh, it's easy to get uh, get depressed about what's going on around us. You know, when you see when you see what's happening in the world right now, and uh, it doesn't doesn't look like things are, are are going too well for for those that believe like we do. Uh, but we're to be rejoicing in hope. What is hope? A hope is a sure expectation, It's confidence in a future event, that which gives hope. Uh, he or here that which furnishes ground of expectation. Now, who's our hope? That's the coming of the Lord, amen? But we, have, we have a sure expectation that the Lord's coming again. And, and you know, we see things happening around us. And, but we, if we look in the Scripture, we understand that the Scripture said things were going to get worse before the Lord came back. So we we ought to rejoice and say, you know, that means we're we're near Jesus coming back. And we're we're to rejoice in hope. Look at uh, a couple of places here in the book of of Romans. Look at Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. And we're going to take a look also at uh, Romans chapter number 15 here in a minute. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 1 and 2. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Notice this. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Notice, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In other words, we've got an anticipation or expectation or confidence that, hey, we're going to be, we have the glory of God uh, manifested in our life. Uh, when, when, the, when the Lord comes back and we, we're out of here, we're going to reflect His glory. We're going to reflect His glory here while we're here. But we, we are going to be like Him. We'll see Him as He is and we'll be like Him. He's glorified and we will have a glorified body, won't we? Uh, look at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And verse number thirteen. Romans fifteen verse number thirteen. Romans fifteen verse thirteen says now the God of hope. I like that, don't you? Our God is a God of hope. Hey, you know, don't don't lose hope. You got God in your life, you got hope. He uh, said so now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. That ye may abound in hope. Okay. The God of hope gives us the ability to to abound in hope. Amen. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost lives within, and as we're surrendered to the Holy Ghost, you know we got all of Him. Whenever we got saved, the question is, does He have all of us? You know, are we are we surrendered to uh, what the what the Spirit wants in our life? And because of that, that uh, uh, ability to abound in hope comes through the power of the Holy Ghost uh, manifested in our lives. So we're to be rejoicing in hope. Um, a f- fifth thing here tonight, we're to be patient in tribulation. That's also in verse 12 of our text patient in tribulation. And, and I think this is something that uh, we're going to have to have um, remember more and more of. Because I think as we get close to the coming of the Lord, we're going we're to see more tribulation in this life. We're not going to be going through the tribulation, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see some tribulation, some tough times. Um, and we're to be patient in whatever tribulation that we're going through. That word patient means having the quality of it, being able to endure evils without murmuring or fretting. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. Having the quality of enduring evils without murmuring or fretting, not easily provoked, calm under the sufferance of injuries or offences, not revengeful, persevering, constant in pursuit or exertion. We're to be patient. Patient in what? Patient in tribulation. Now, tribulation we know is severe affliction, distresses of life. It's the things that we get vexed about a lot. Um, John 16 verse 33 Jesus said these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world so when tribulation comes our way let's be of good cheer uh, yeah we're going to have tribulation in, the world, in this world but we're not going to be here but except for just a period of time are we? thank God it's a uh, this too shall pass, right? The tribulation is going to pass. Our, our time here on this earth is going to come to an end, and we're going to be forever with the Lord in eternity. What a blessing. Amen. Let's, let's, and, that, and that's that getting back to that hope that we have. So we're to be patient in tribulation. Let's take a look at some, some verses on this. Look at James chapter number one. Book of James, chapter number one. James one and verse. Number two. And boy, this, this sounds like a tall order. Uh, some of you, when I say James 1, 2, you know where we're going at on this because you, you, you probably have that memorized. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. In other words, when he says count it all joy, we're to have a joyful attitude. A joyful attitude. Uh, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience and knowing means having an understanding mind you got you got to know that when the temptations come your way that the Lord is fixing to, to develop some patience in your life and uh, really is going to strengthen your desire to want to see the Lord come back in I'm Man, doesn't the things that we see going on in the world right now, doesn't it stir our hearts? Even so come Lord Jesus. I mean, we just, we just want to pray that way. And it's, the more that we see, the more that we get anxious about the Lord coming. Uh, not anxious in a bad way, but uh, we, we, we are anticipating and we're wanting it to happen. Amen. Um, look at uh, James chapter number five. James chapter number five. Well, I didn't read quite far enough there. Let's, let's, let's look back. Uh, I was supposed to read verse 4 too. But let patience have her perfect work. Okay, that's important. <laughs> In other words, we're to surrender our will to, to what the Lord's trying to do. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so uh, those three verses go together there and let's not forget that. Now, James chapter number 5, look at verse number 7. The, uh, James says here, he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Uh, I'll pause there for just a minute. When, when my dad was uh, gardening, uh, planting his crops and all, uh, yeah, we, were, we were really wanting to eat of the produce that was going to be coming up but you had to be patient and you had to labor and it took some it, it took patience to to wait for things to ripen up to where if you pulled up, pulled them off the vine before they were ready you weren't going to have the the precious fruit that you should, could have had and so uh, uh look look back here what it says here he says the um verse number 8 he says be ye also patient okay be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. That'll be encouraging to you. You know, just uh, just stick with it. <laughs> stick with the idea. Hey, Jesus is coming. We we got to be patient. He is coming. He says there in verse nine. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the Judge standeth before the door. Take. My brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Uh, that gets back to some of those things that we see in the Old Testament that we're studying, amen? When you see some of the suffering that uh, went on there, the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name went through some difficulty, but uh, they, they were patient through it. Look at verse 11. Behold, we count them happy which Endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and you have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Um, and we we always hope that it don't get as bad in for us as it got for Job, but uh, we can still trust the Lord through it, can't we? We can. Um, look at First uh, Peter chapter number 2. You're right there at it. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 19. 1 Peter 2, verse number 19 says, that, For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it, if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if when you do well, and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is... Is acceptable with God. You know, we we would do well to keep a mindset that you know this is what the Lord wants us to do. You know, uh, I might be being wronged, but the Lord wants me to take it patiently. Look, at verse twenty one. For even here too were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. Who did no sin; neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. In other words, we are to, to do as Christ. We're to commit ourselves to uh, to the Lord and uh, commit ourselves to a God who who does judge. Amen. He, we commit ourselves to him and he will judge righteously. Um, let's take a look at... Uh, Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite portions of Scripture. I love, I love all the book, uh, love all the Bible, but you know some, some just have a, a more precious flavor uh, to, to you or just seem a little more precious to you. And, and I love Romans 8, verses 35 through 39. Some of my favorite passage of Scripture here. Romans 8, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And it's a, this is a, a question that calls for a no. None of those things, you know. And, and so when we go through difficulties, we've got to realize nothing's going to separate us from the love of Christ. He says in verse 36, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. He says, Nay, in all these things. In in what things? In tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. What a blessing, amen? Nothing's going to be able to separate us from that. Well, that looks like a good place for us to uh, uh, put a a tag there. I know we didn't quite finish verse 12. We'll we'll come back though. Um, But we need to keep in mind as we we close here... uh, what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I mean, we need to do that, don't we? We just really do. Now, you'll notice that these things that we've shared with you tonight and the one, those that we'll share with you uh, the next time, Lord willing, they're, they're merely ways in which members of Christ's body, the church, can demonstrate Christ-like love one for another. And it's a way to show the world the reality of our claims. Remember we talked about last week uh, to glorify Jesus in the church before the world, we have to do as Jesus said in John 13:35, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one toward another, one to another. And so uh, there are some other actions that God expects from us and we'll share those, uh, Lord willing, next time. Uh, don't want you to, uh, try to endure more than you than you have to tonight but we got i still got plenty more to say i've got uh just on this section i brought up with me tonight uh 11 things we we're going through we just we only got through five of them so that kind of gets you an idea where we're at amen but we're not we're not gonna try to speed through this we're just going to look at it and i don't know how God might have spoke to your heart tonight but uh do business with him amen let's let's pray father we just thank you